Welcome to the Hog Call Podcast. This is Chad. And this is Tim. Be sure to subscribe to the Hog Call Podcast on your favorite podcast directory, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or whatever you'd like. We're on them all. Listen to the Hog Call live at iPatio.com. The only live, real-time, uncut, uncensored Razorback podcast created by fans for fans. Friend us on Facebook at Hog Call Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Hog Call Podcast. Chad runs the Facebook page and Tim runs the Twitter page. Support the Hog Call Podcast by helping us spread the word. Give us a five-star rating and leave a comment, even if it's just go hog. This will go a long way to allow other Razorback fans to find the podcast more easily. If you'd like to throw a tip our way, you can support us financially at our Patreon page. Even $1 will go a long way in updating our equipment or providing server space to store episodes. We're counting on fan support. Do you have something Hog Call Nation needs to hear? Call and leave a voicemail at 812-850-0110 or send an email to hogcallpodcast at gmail. Dot com. Well, it's good to get that mess out of the way. How's it going, Tim? Hey, pretty good. Yeah, man. We're having a uh, mess of a season this year. I guess I guess we should do a year-end review on the, uh, the football season. Yeah, thank goodness it's over. Uh, the worst season of football history. Uh, just like we were afraid, and it happened that way. And uh, thank goodness it's over. So. Well, I just let me play something first. I got something here. I just want to play. Okay. Let's take a listen to this. It's, I thought it was interesting. And it's, it, it's obviously a, a very disappointing season. Um, it's nowhere close to our standards. It's not acceptable. We know that. I know that. Our players know that. You know, I will say, as I did last Friday, Friday night, that there is growth happening inside this program. We, we spent the first year establishing the culture of this program, um, how we do things, what we stand for, uh, and, and, and things that we're not going to deviate on. There's not one person in this building that thinks any part of this season is acceptable. And everyone is working tirelessly uh, every day uh, to get this program back. Uh, I've told the story to our players. I've told the story to our, our staff. Uh, you probably heard the story of the, of the Chinese bamboo, where the growth, you spend days and days and months uh, of watering, cultivate the soil, you plant, you water, and nothing happens. You're frustrated because you don't see anything happening above the soil, but what you realize is that the growth is happening and is unrounded. And once, it, once it, the, the sprouts start happening and the growth appears, then you see, uh, you see, you see growth uh, happening uh, from the outside, and um, growth happens in this program right now in two two places. It happens in developing, and it happens in recruiting. Our quarter one began on Monday at 7 a.m. with a team meeting, um, and, and we've got to develop the players on our roster. All right, what do you think about that, Tim? Do you think uh, you think we've established a culture, a winning culture? Uh, no, not at all. Not yet. I haven't said anything. Uh, not I mean, what, 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 what else do you say, though? Well, he's saying, like, oh, we got, we got, we, we put in a culture. This year was all about the culture and getting the right culture in. 
really? Didn't he have players at the end of the year running over there and playing in a grab ass with cheerleaders? Is that the is that the culture? That's the culture he put in. That was one of the last games of the year. Uh, we laid down and gave up two of our games towards the end of the year. Now, that's the culture that he's put in, you know. And I understand what people are saying, oh, what, what's he going to say, and this, that, and other. But goodness gracious, I, you know, this whole story about the, 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 the seed that's planted in the ground and it's growing underground and you don't get to see it grow and so on and so forth. You know, I don't know about you, but whenever I was a kid, man, I took the seed and I put it in, in a – and a Ziploc bag with some uh, paper towels. <laughs> paper towels, yeah. And I got mm-hmm. to watch that seed grow and flourish and see it come up out of there and then transferred it to the – then I transferred it to the, the pot and then it grew up out of the pot. You know, I, I think that was a silly a silly thing to say. I don't think that there's some sort of amazing growth going on. Um, we got a good recruiting class. I'll give them that. But that's about it. The rest of that stuff, I just can't, I just can't get on board with. Yeah, it's really hard to see right now, and I don't know where he's going with the uh, – he said, everybody's heard this story about the Chinese bamboo, haven't you? And I was like, not really. Uh, I'm like, still to this day, you know, I got a little uh, garden out back for grow tomatoes. I uh, started the seed pretty much like you said and then put it out in the soil, and it grew. I mean, immediately. I didn't have to wait a whole year, year and a half to see yeah, the Yeah, nice you know what I mean? tomatoes. Oh, yeah. And so. it kept on through the, you know late in the year, but I don't know, man. I mean, it's, it's disappointing. That's one thing I will agree with. It's, it is definitely disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely disappointing. I just I just felt like there's a culture problem within the program. I think that that's something that should be admitted. Um, I think like by saying, like, I built the culture, and that's what this year is about, you're trying to give yourself a pass on the year, and, you know, I don't, I just don't think that is ever passed. So, all right, let's move on to the year, right? First okay. game loss season ever for the University of Arkansas, and uh, the second two-loss season we've ever had. But the, last, the last one was, uh, was our first or second year, and that was the eighth in two years, or I'm sorry, two and eight years. So, is this team worse than the first team we ever we ever fielded? Or <laughs> you would say, well, that's two more losses. That's double digits in the loss. So, you know, who knows? Arkansas probably would have beat their, you know, out of conference uh, to get at least another win. And I thought somebody was like, well, if, I'll tell you what, if, if we played 10, uh, 10 uh, or 12 games that year, we would have definitely had 10 losses. Maybe, who knows, maybe they pulled a win out. You don't know that. Yeah, I have no idea. I'd like to actually see if their last couple of games, see if they've given up on the season like this team did. What a combined pretty much 90 or almost 100, 100 to nothing, or 100 to three in the last two games, 100 to six, whatever. That is crazy. It got worse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, over the year, one of the big things we had was the amount of transfers uh, that I, I thought this was crazy, the amount of transfers we had. But we had a lot of transfers this year. And, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just kind of really surprised about it. Let's go ahead and go through that real quick. You had Zach Rogers, who just quit football. 
uh, didn't transfer anywhere else. They just quit. Just didn't want to do it anymore. Um, then you had uh, Jake Henrik, Jalen Merrick, and uh, Dylan Harris. They all got injured, and they gave up football. Cause they just thought we don't want to do it anymore because we got injured. Is it for us? Uh, we only had four receivers leave the team. Uh, Cough, Ogilvy had a knee situation, never got right. Um, so he wound up taking a, a medical hardship. There is a possibility of a medical hardship he could come back. We probably won't see him. Uh, Malik Barkley uh, transferred down a level to uh, Montana State. Uh, Brandon Martin uh, couldn't get his grades right, got got gone. Uh, Jonathan Nance, who I was really hopeful for, uh, took the graduate transfer route and uh, and got out of here, which is, uh, you know, not good. Uh, Jared Barnes transferred. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Jack Crockett, Austin Cantrell, um, who moved on. Uh, they're done. Um, I believe their eligibility up, but, you know, you can, you can cut them out. Uh, Will Gregg uh, went hit, and then uh, Jake Hall, um, he left early. Um, then you had uh, a linebacker, Josh Paul. He left before Morris got there and got started, but he's still another another loss. Uh, Terry Fisher uh, transferred out. Uh, Derek Munson transferred out. Um, let's see, defensive back Reed Miller, uh, Corey Hernandez, uh, they're tra- they transferred out. Uh, Nate Dalton, uh, was suspended for a week for unsportsmanlike conduct after Tulsa, he transferred out. Uh, Cole Herndon, uh, transferred out. So, 20 players who've left since this, you know, since this year got started. Um, that's a lot of players. Yeah, it seems like a lot. Uh, I don't, I don't really keep. I wonder how many uh, kind of average for a team. But yeah, I mean, none of those players really. I thought Nance was was. I thought he gave up way too early because as mm-hmm. the season went on, um, um, he we needed a receiver to actually you know catch the ball. Like all, even the guys that were at the beginning of the season that he probably thought were over him for good, like Petway and Jones, they kind of fell back a little bit. So he could have stayed and actually made a difference once we kind of settled on a quarterback. And then the line, offensive linemen, I mean, that's four, man, that's four, uh, four offensive linemen that they really, I mean, how many, we only had like eight or nine or so scholarship offensive linemen practicing mm-hmm. this year. So that was really big and four of them. I don't know if it's culture where uh, maybe that's just the players being them recruited. They just kind of gave up that quickly or, or maybe Morris just doesn't excite them enough to stick with it. But that's just quite a bit. Yeah, and I yeah, you know, I gotta think there's a there's a culture situation there and whether it's like they wanted to play for Bill and they left because Bill and the left or um like you said, they're just not being motivated by uh by Coach Morris. And I would just think that a lot of them felt like they wasn't at a winning program, so they just decided it wasn't worth it, you know, to beat their bodies up. And um that's sad. That's sad that, you know, we've become a program like that where, you know, I don't know. There just be 
I think Limbo Limbo Parks put it best. I was talking to him, and he says, you know, the players just don't have the passion that the, the older players used to have. I, and I think that's kind of indicative of that, seeing all those players at that month. And some gone on no fault of their own, you know, but. Yeah, exactly. You can tell, man. There's not as much pride in that. Kind of saw that, especially at the end of the season. You know that one year, uh, even, man, the early night, you know, the one year uh, when we lost the Citadel, that team still came back and won some SEC games. You know what I mean? They didn't, you know, they still were prideful and played played hard and, you know, had a more passion for it. So there's a, there's a big difference. I, I don't know. Well, you had a coach, too, at that time that noticed the uh, – or I'm sorry, an AD at that time that noticed oh, the flaw yeah. and took care of the situation and did what he had to do to correct the flaw that he mm-hmm. had made instead of just letting it fester and continue to be cancerous and grow. He cut that coach and got him out of there, you know? And the next coach knew what the standard and expectation was. Yeah, but I wonder how much he was good. We probably wouldn't have made the higher field of it. I don't even, he probably would have got somebody else besides more. So, but if he was in that situation, still so making the decision, I wonder how far he would have let Bielema go. And like, I mean, this year would he have just fired him right after that Colorado State game? So you're taking a different plane home, you know, or especially yeah. North Texas. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Or the last, even Missouri. This is totally conjecture, but I would guess that uh, Rawls would probably have brought Tommy Coverville in, honestly. Oh, yeah. I know. I know he's an older coach and everything. So that just—that'd be my guess. That might have been. What, yeah, probably kind of what we needed. You know, you see how it's going with this mm-hmm. new kid, this new young guy. He thinks he's got all the time in the world. An older coach would have been like, "I ain't got much time left. I ain't got time to rebuild. It's happening. You know, we're going to be competitive now." <clears throat> exactly. And you see a lot of older coaches coming back to football these days. And, you know, I think a lot of people can say, well, why is why are these older coaches, you know, coming back? Why are these schools hiring these older coaches? Uh, because it works, and they win. You know, look at Bill Snyder. Retired, brought him back, started winning again. Uh, you know, you got uh, the Tony Dungy, Arizona coach. Came in, had a great year his first year. Sure, Les Miles is going to do good. You know, these older coaches are coming in. And they're doing good because they still have a passion for it, especially the ones that have left and they've kind of rejuvenated. Oh, look for Matt Brown to come in and make some waves, you know? Yeah, then those Miles and uh, Brown are two guys that felt like they had more time left. Like they were, you know, they were still going to have they had a bunch of good seasons left in them. Brown thought he had a pretty good, real good recruiting class was always coming in. And he felt you know, with Texas, and they got rid of him. And then same with Miles. I mean, all he was doing was winning no less than no nine games and won the championship. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I think I think they'll both do successful their their jobs. Absolutely. So you know, um, looks like Cole Kelly's going to take off. Like we said before, that makes sense. That's what I would do if I was him. Yeah, no way I would hang around. I'm going to be rooting for him. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I hope wherever he goes, he's successful. I hope he does a good job. Um, so, you know, whatever you call the side, I think, um, you know, we'll be there for him away. He's not staying out at tight end, though. You know, 
he's sizing yeah, okay. out here and he's got him out to tie in, boy, he's gonna be hard to take down, you know. Oh yeah. And, <laughs> Trick uh, plays with pass threat, you know. I mean mm-hmm. they were already trying to do some trick things with him anyway, so why not tie it? Especially with like you'd mentioned the players leaving off the Cantrell. I mean he was he was a uh, you know, especially when we were using two tight end sets, he was the other guy alongside uh O'Grady, Sean O'Grady, so uh uh, you can, there's another spot for a tight end. I mean, that would be nice to see, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, Davis had an extension clause in his contract, and he exercised his extension clause, which extended his contract out for two more years. So we're going to have John Chavis for two years, the chief uh, going to be D.C. for two more years. I thought he did well at the beginning of the year. Like things kind of got away from him. I don't know if that's the head coach's responsibility. I don't know if that's a culture situation. I don't think the players giving up on him, but it definitely felt like his defense started out slow, improved, 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 and then took a turn for the worst at the end of the year. Yeah, and uh, and this might be off base, but also. You know, they they really had, like you're saying, at the beginning of the year, first half of the season, especially really competitive and were playing well. And you had mm-hmm. games like uh, North Texas and Auburn early on where they were really stopping their offenses, but special teams was giving up a lot, and the offense was just uh, could not do anything. And maybe they just they just became really tired of the, you know, make a lot of stops, and then the offense just produced three and out, you know, over yeah, and over. exactly. So, probably a combination of all those things. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, we don't know what's going to happen with uh, uh, Brian, um, you know, if he's coming in or what's going on there, um, at the QB uh, situation. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, whatever happens is, is um, you know, whatever happens, is, is, it's going to be okay. I don't think. I think that having more time for our quarterback to develop uh, will be okay. I think we'll be able to do fine uh, with Ty uh, next year if that's, if that's the route that we have to go. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think I would, I'd like to have Kelly Brown. I think uh, being a kind of a quarterback that can run is the main part that I kind of want him for. You know, it feels like a lot of times uh, Situation to get in, but man, if it's Ty's story, I'm, I'm I'm behind. Man, at least he knows he's gonna know he's gonna start. He's he's got a lot of film to watch and another year and more system. You know, they're getting kind of a head start on it, not going to a bowl. Um, kind of preparing it's all get all for next year. So um, I definitely if it ends up being tied, I'm gonna definitely root for him. I bet it'll be better. Yeah, I agree. Um, the one thing I think I'm worried about, though, is the development of the players. I feel like I would like to see more development of the players, and that's the one thing that, you know, uh, Morris was talking about in that clip that we just played, is developing players and being able to have uh, player development, and that being crucial. And, you know, he, the, everybody's like, oh, he hasn't been there for a full year and this, that, and other. But he was able to work with the players for the allotted amount of time that a coach is able to work with the players within that year. If that makes sense to him. So he was able to implement his system. He's been able to have his assistant coaches 
work with these players, and there should be improvements being made. And at the University of Arkansas, you got to be able to take an average player and coach them up and make them above average with your coaching um, and with what you teach them and, and how they, you know, use their fundamentals and so on and so forth. That is how Bobby Trino was so successful at the University of Arkansas. He takes a two-star player and then turn them into a three-star player in two years, you know. He's able to take them and, and coach them up and build and build them up into a um, into a better player. I'm not sure that we saw players be built up into better players this year. I feel like you saw flashes of it, but then you saw regression. So that's a little bit concerning to me. Is, is, is our player development lacking? Do we need more coaches that are, you know, more quality? Like, should we have brought in a, a King Cliff Kingsbury as an OC? Um, you know, what I mean, like, I just feel like there could be better development within the players. What do you think? Of that? How do you feel like that went? Well, I mean, I mean, it's not proof is the two hit season. I mean, I'm, still, I'm gonna like to see how they improve next year. That's kind of. Now, I can kind of judge it so far, but it was terrible, man. I mean, a lot of those players didn't get any better since he's been here. You know, he's hired about a year ago. Uh, mm-hmm. It didn't look like anybody improved, kind of uh, degressed. Um, so. Okay, so I mean, the recruiting obviously has been pretty good. Um, I'm happy with recruiting. Uh, I don't have any gripes there. Um would like to see us keep all of our in-state players. I saw one of the in-state guys uh, went to another team, which is harmful for us. I know there's a thought process that Arkansas is not producing as many um, in-state players as we used to produce. They're not as high-quality players as they used to be coming out of the high schools that we're having issues with the uh with the players that were that were getting out of the high schools and, and that's that would be player development at the high school level uh within the state of Arkansas. But I think it comes in cycles. I just I, I think that you see these players come out in cycles when you see great players come out. I think you gotta reach outside of Arkansas. So you got Missouri and we're trying to recruit out of Missouri and that's that's uh not helpful for us at all. Um, not being able to recruit out of Missouri. Uh, you got uh, Texas A&M. You can't recruit out of Texas as well as we used to because of that. Um, you got Louisiana, which we've always had. You got Ole Miss, which we've always had. So you're surrounded by schools. So now you got to start thinking about outside strategies. You got to start thinking about things like going outside of Arkansas, since you can't count on that Arkansas. A recruiting class and recruiting like Florida, California, uh, maybe going to the islands, recruiting maybe some big islanders for the O-line, stuff like that, taking some strategies um, that some of these other schools take, kind of like Auburn and, and uh, you know, these other programs where they are more diverse in the states they, um, they pull recruits from. And I think that, you know, that's something that we've really got to to do a lot of, and that that's kind of a major takeaway from 
what will lead to more successful recruiting for us at the University of Arkansas. So what's your what's your take on it? Yeah, I agree. I like uh, Chad Morris. Like, think about he's got about eight or nine maybe guys on this recruiting class. Part one of the reasons why it's so highly regarded, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because they're all pretty good guys from there. So. I think that's going to really help them. Uh, it seems like when Houston Nunn had his best years, a lot of those guys were from Texas. And then um, even, you know, under Petrino, some like, you know, Mal Davis and some of a good number of other guys, and then Bielema just stopped recruiting Texas. And that really got us in the problem of uh, kind of losing, uh, not having as much talent as we should. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, – <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. Uh yeah, but it hadn't helped us one bit for Missouri and A and M, Texas A and M, to get into SEC. Yeah, you know, because they're uh, states that nearby states that we've been able to recruit. Say, hey, come play in the SEC; it's the best conference. And now those guys, and since then, we've been worse mm-hmm. in football. So, well, okay, okay, not one bit. Texas A and M and Missouri being the uh, conference and then starting off with the recruiting. No, I agree. Um, I agree with you totally. And you know, I think that um, you know, you just gotta you just gotta do what you gotta do to bring those recruits. And I think he's done a good job of that. I think he's he's you know, I think he's a good recruiter. I'll give you that. At least what I've seen so far. I mean, to have a year like this and be able to bring a recruiting class like that. I mean, you got you got to be doing something right. So, you know, I think for the offensive line, for me, I think the biggest thing I'd like to see is an uh, upgrade in our tackles. I think if, if we can get some better tackles, I think that's going to solidify the line or at least just help the tackles get more, um, just get more, uh, um, you know, fundamentals, just get better at, the, at their position. I think that's going to help us a lot. Um, when I look at the other positions, I think, of course, wide receiver, I feel like we need depth there. And I think that's, you know, one of our struggles. Is it's hard to have a pocket-passing quarterback who can't spread it around because uh, of lack of depth at, uh, at, at wide receiver. Um, you know, I think if, if John Chavis gets uh, some better cornerbacks, I think we're going to be good. Um on defense, and that's my main takeaway there. Um, so when you think about the team overall this year and the players, where where, where do you see uh, that we need to make major improvements? I mean, obviously, and you started off as offensive line. I mean, that, mm-hmm. uh, it's not just a cliche. You know, it all starts up front. It really does. I mean, it leads to problems with our running game. Um Bless, you know, Rakeem Boyd and running hard and doing what he did behind that line. And then Ty Story was hit all year and other other quarterbacks. And just shouldn't, I mean, just shouldn't be like that. I know that's kind of hard. I think the offense would just improve just from there. And I do know I'm, I'm ready for this recruiting class to sign so it's official, you know. I try not to get <laughs> that to a signing day, you know what I mean. But I do know there's three or four receivers that are just, in, in, uh, some of the top uh, top playmakers that you know bigger schools mm-hmm. really wanted um, at the receiving position. That's what we desperately need. Um, I know Hunter Henry's little brother, you know, big tight end. That's going to help. Uh, and then I think hopefully a lot of defensive linemen uh, on the other side of the ball. 
definitely need some yeah. help over there. Get better depth too. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Looks like uh, Oscar's having a bit of a uh, fit <laughs> out there, so I don't know what in the world's going on. I know, but everybody's been in a fit since the season. He probably heard us talking about the Razorbacks and just yeah, got that was upset, you know. Yeah. He, he Poor old guy. He hasn't played a good year yet. Gonna, I know. He thinks we're going to win every game. Poor guy. All he knows about Spellman and this Morris is. Golly. Lance man. Poor guy. <laughs> and he's like, he's one of the biggest fans there is. Too. He's <laughs> right there at every game. Man. So, um, yeah, no. And he gets, like you said, we got some four-star recruits coming in receivers. So that should definitely help us out. That's going to be a... That's going to be a big deal. I think that uh, my question is, are going to come in and play right away as freshmen? You know? I mean, we need them to be stellar freshmen. We need them to be really good freshmen and be able to come in and make a huge difference um, with what they're doing, you know. And so I think the, the thing is, is, you know, you can't be surprised if these, some of these guys you think are going to be hot shots coming in are going to have to sit for a little while and get a little bit of uh, SEC knowledge under the belt, see how fast the game goes, get them slowly. I mean, it's hard for a freshman to come into a league like this and contribute right away to freshman. I mean, that is just – it's almost unheard of. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just – even, I mean – uh, it's going to take a while to judge all no matter how good they are, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not going to be done next year. I mean, I'm still, I'm still got to have, a, I'm still bowl game or bust, and that's sad I'm saying that. But next year's got to be bowl game or bust. And hopefully, at least the month can help, you know, kind of like Bob Poole did this, this year at linebacker. Um, uh, Mike Woods is a freshman as a receiver. He's one of the best receiver, and he's a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely not going to. They're not all going to be superstars. I mean, that'd be nice if somehow just hit it, <laughs> hit the right combinations. <laughs> they were all good, but not good. Yeah. I hope so. But I mean, that's a good player. But time to I hate that. I don't want to wait three years. You know. But yeah, they're they're going to it's going to take them time. So with that being said, um, what do you think is the like? When do you start looking at a coach and thinking, you know, this don't this isn't working out with this coach here? Um, do you, do you, do you, obviously, you don't want to be an offer, you know, and you don't want to be saying, hey, we need to let coaches go left and right. So, so even when they're having good years and, and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I feel like you have to have some sort of expectations. I, I, I think if your coach can't get us to – I don't know, man. I'd say at least six wins next year. It, it might be time to start thinking about it. Um, we come out next year and have another one of these two-year win seasons, you know. I mean, some people are predicting that already. They're saying if we don't get uh, we don't get Brian, and that's what's going to happen. So, I don't know. What's your what's your view on that? What do you think is fair for I think a head coach in the SEC at the University of Arkansas? It's fair to say it's fair to say it's got me six games next year, um, and I know I know all we did was win two, but there's there's got to be if you're good enough you're going to show improvement. To I mean listen to this the first four games of the season next year, Portland State to open it up, 
Second week, we go to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is going to be bad. We should have won this year. they got to beat Ole Miss. they got to beat Ole Miss. Oxford ain't a tough place to play. We've beat them plenty there. With their, that's pretty bad. Uh, third week, Colorado State at home. Got to get revenge. you got to be better. you got to finish that game out. Fourth week, San Jose State at home. That's you got to win those four. Have four, I mean, that's four. Right yeah. And you can't get, let's say, A&M and Arlington. Mississippi State at home, Western Kentucky, Missouri, and Little Rock. You can't get two more than there. Then how, so, how yeah. good are you? How good are yeah, you? Yeah, Western Kentucky for sure. So, yeah, definitely should easily get five wins and then get at least one SEC win. And you're, you know, oh, two SEC wins yeah. and win all your non-conference games. Yeah. And, and I know at the beginning of this year, I was saying on the podcast, like, you got to win yeah. every non-conference game. <laughs> if you don't win your non-conference game, you're horrible. Mm-hmm. Well, we didn't do that. When we were running the uh, predictions, our projections for the season, where when we just kind of went over, you know, Colorado State, North Texas, like, oh, you know, got you got to you got to win those games, you know, or that's what, or you're not talking about kind of tying in with Morris then. And guess what? We lost some of those games, and exactly. I mean, he deserves every criticism for this year, but he's got to win six next year. I'm come. Next summer, I'm I'm already I should I'm ready next football season just to see some kind of improvement. That's oh, sad yeah. that sad that I'm like oh yeah I'm, I'm gonna be fired up August 31st next year but well, can't help it man I'm I can't help it man football. I'm gonna be fired up and ready for it I really am. This year was obviously sad and depressing and I should just it's like it's melancholy and you can't believe it even happened. Yeah, you know, it's it's like it's surreal. You know, it is so it's very. It's kind of hit probably as more as it goes on. So hopefully basketball and baseball can at least get us. Hopefully, have to help alleviate it a little bit. Oh yeah, so, so we can do something about it on the football field. We, we got to get better. We just got to <laughs> get better. The, the, the coaches got to get. I mean, I think we're out coached in a lot of games. Um, the coaching's got to get better, and that that's just. That's just how it is, you know, and I and I'm kinda disappointed that there wasn't any change in coordinators. Um, there wasn't any change in anything in the in the coaching staff so far. And I would you know, kinda, I would hope that there would have been change uh within the coaching staff already, honestly, somewhere. Shake something up, do something different, you know. Um but I guess he's committed to uh, what he's doing and who he's doing it with. And this is going to be how it's going to be. Do you feel like we have an identity after watching this year? Do you feel like we have an identity? I don't feel like we have an identity. I don't feel like we run a hurry-up offense. I don't feel like we run a slow offense. I don't think we put it in left lane, put the hammer down. I just I don't feel like we have an identity. I don't. It feels like we're a team who doesn't know who we are. How do you feel about our identity and how that grew up? Absolutely. I mean, um, both sides of the ball. Um, offense, yeah, there's no there's no identity on this whole team besides just being a bad football team. There's nothing kind of hanging. It's like, well, you know, we're, we're doing this, we're running this, hurry up. There's no hurry up that was just like, boy, boy, that's really hard to learn. Whether, I mean, it didn't even seem like you wanted to go that fast, you know. Um, yeah. There's no, obviously – the play of the season uh, was that our decision of the season to start off playing bad, a lot of bad decisions this year, but, but not going forward against Colorado State on fourth and one. Uh, that started it all. That was 
you lost could have that could have you would have had that game and maybe even more than that kind of get that momentum but uh no identity even defense i thought you know i think chavis would like to be more aggressive but um weren't able to see it as much yeah i agree with you so you know i mean i guess we should grade out the team um best way to do that i think oh, God. go a through uh, a through f Okay. Uh, you have a grade uh, eight uh, to offense, special teams, defense, and then, and then kind of just have it graded up, and uh, and then we'll be done with our season wrap up. I think unless you have more uh, something I've missed or anything else we need to talk about. No, I, I mean I think we kind of hit the nail on it. It was just um, very very embarrassing and disappointing and uh, bad in all kinds of aspects and just uh, yeah, just wasn't fun at all. I mean, I, I love Razorback football. I was getting ready for every season just to be a waste like that really hurt, you know, so I'm, I'm if I don't, if it's not all F, it's probably going to be D's and F. <laughs> sure so, here's my grade. Alright, okay. so I'm going to give I'm going to give the defense a D, because okay. I felt like they had some improvements, and then I felt like they just gave up. Mm-hmm. And if they would have just kept trying throughout the year, I think I could have gave my C, you know, which I think would have been an upgrade from last year's uh, defense. So, you know, I'm giving them – our offense, I'm giving an F, because I felt like we had the tools out there, and, um, you know, we didn't – you know, we – we didn't uh, – we weren't able to utilize those tools. These players tried hard. I think they did the best they could, but, you know, I'm going to give them an F. And then I'm going to give the special teams a C. Uh, even though they had a really bad, horrible beginning of the year, they kind of turned around and got better and did better through, all the way through um, the end of the year, actually. So i got to give them that. And then uh, the coaching – I think I'm going to give that a D. I'm going to give that a D because I feel like we got out coached on several instances uh, that we didn't have to. But also, like the plays that were being called, also I thought there were a lot of positives about uh, the coaching. Um, I thought that, you know, I thought that I thought that uh, the, the defense was looking better at times. I thought the offense was looking better at times. I guess I was hopeful, and uh, so that's that's why I'm giving that. Overall, you know, obviously this team's going to be an F uh, team. They're not going to be able to. They're not going to be able to pull it out. Um, you know, you, you got to want it a little bit more than than this team wanted it. I just don't think there was a lot of will to win, um, especially towards the end of the year. Yeah, I agree. It's hard to argue with you on grades. I guess um, just just to be different because I can't. I, I really do kind of agree. That's kind of what I was right now. But I'll just go defense F. Uh, for giving up thirty five points a game, only had you know two got different guys that had you know maybe an F plus. I only had two guys that uh, you know got interceptions only a year. Linebackers when Greenlaw was healthy was uh, definitely the best. Part of it, uh, Harris was making a lot of plays. Greenlaw and did like what I saw at a pool. Um, offense, uh, I, I agree. I like um, kind of sputtered a lot. Got worse at the end of the year. Might have been a D, 
you know, because it showed some flashes, but I like kind of the, what they were drawing up and utilizing different guys, but um, it would be a lot better. Special teams, I'll agree with you. See, it started off the worst uh, as a F minus, you know, especially in games like North Texas and North Texas and the start of that A&M game. But ever since A&M returned that kickoff, I think for a touchdown to start the A&M game, start that game, it, it got better. Limpert was um, awesome. He was 19 out of 24 this year, didn't miss the extra point. He was really good. I'll give coaching. Uh, I agree with you on D, but I'll give him an F. Just to, <laughs> I'm still pissed. I spent that time and effort to go to that Colorado State game. Had a good time until that fourth and one, and I was yelling from my seat <laughs> way up there, go for it. How are you not going for it? And uh, so I'll give an F just for even that one decision, man. It still hurts. It still hurts, man. Crazy. Excuse me, I got a bit of a cold or something. So, did you do the overall score? Uh, I'm guessing just an F. Okay. Um, it's the worst. It's the worst. Uh, probably, it's the worst football season in Razorback history. I mean, I guess it could be, yeah. could be worse. You could have gone 0-12, or you could have even been blown out even more in some of those games. There's not been in any games. Mm-hmm. But uh, it was a bad, you know, DRF season for sure. Absolutely. All right, so uh, I just got an alert. It's just weird. Uh, but uh, it says here, Malik Williams will transfer. So... Losing our running back, one of our running backs there. Yeah, he's a guy that I don't really blame him. He only got mop up duty a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Did score touch, a couple of touchdowns. He had a 68 yard. I think it was like one of the last touchdown in North Texas games. Where a lot, a lot of people didn't see it. Um, uh, still, next year you got Boyd, Whaley, Hayden, and TJ Hammonds. But again, I mean those guys will get banged up. So I, I like having even. We do got. A, I think. A, a freshman running back at least coming in, but yeah, he was. I thought he had. I would have liked to see him get more carried. So, hope he doesn't go to school we play and tear us up. Well, let's hope not. Anyway, I just I just saw that just came like one of those alerts yeah. popped up. That's funny. We were just talking about it. it's weird. This whole this whole season's been weird. Well, you know, I think we can just hang it up and just put it past us, and just uh, we can say okay. You've listened to the Hog Call podcast. You've heard the year-end review. Football season is officially over, and we're on to a new year. And we'll give you the updates as, as they come out, um, as we see, as they allow you to see practice. They allow you, you know, to see the fruits that, that are coming in, all that kind of stuff. And we'll keep you updated as we can on uh, what we're what we're allowed to see uh, as the year progresses. But at this point, I think we move on from. You know, the, the 1890 season, and now we're 1920. Yeah, goodbye to that season. Forget about it. I mean, hopefully can't go anywhere but up from here and, um, gotta show some improvement. Um, big improvement. So, uh, I'm done with it, man. I'm ready to move on to sports that actually win. Me too. Me too. And, uh, you know, just, just so everybody knows, you know, uh, maybe next year. You know, no, I mean, we're, I'm going to be, you know, I'm expecting a, another ball game next year, you know. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we can get six wins. I agree, though, with you. Can't, can't, that, that's the problem. So, like, on the football, or I mean, on the basketball, mm-hmm. 
football is back. And, and now that's what we're mainly going to be covering is uh, basketball and hockey. So takes a little bit off our plate, you know. Yeah, it does. Uh, at least we get to hopefully taste a lot more wins. Um, so, um, oh, I just one thing I just need to update okay. everybody on. So uh, I went back and watched that Montana State game uh, that I wasn't able to uh, watch. And, uh, you know, that was a game I felt like we just handedly took care of business in that game. You know, and I know I was going to give everybody an update on that. I, uh, it was an excellent game. Um, you know, of course, Gafford had a good game. Uh, had a you know he did he did really well. I was really really happy with his uh, his performance. Um, being able to you know put up 16 points um, is good. Uh, of course, you had Mason Jones who did a little bit better um, with his with his scoring. He was, you know, he was throwing up some shots, like you said. It was hard for Isaiah Joe to get going and so on and so forth. Jalen Harris, I think, he looks really good, man. He, he's somebody that you know, I'm excited about him. And then uh, being able to see uh, Reggie Chaney get out there and make a difference, that was big time. So I know I wasn't able to weigh in on it the last podcast. Uh, I'm everybody know that I watched it. And, you know, that's kind of my takeaways from it. Uh, there, it was, a, it was a really exciting game uh, to watch, and we were just able to go in there and just handedly take care of business by just dominating the other team. So you know, it was the first time we felt like we had dominated a team to such an extent, and it's just a really fun game to watch. And uh, we just took care of business. We did what we needed to do um, to. Uh, you know, to win that game. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, I guess my biggest uh, the biggest uh, surprise was uh, the Desi Seals getting out there and getting a few points in, on the board. Um, he looked pretty good. Like, he might be able to, to, to uh, you know, improve uh, over the year, get more playing time. So, uh, what do you think about that? Are we – well, the, we're still in the Montana State game or – Oh, yeah, that's what I was talking about. No, I haven't got there yet. Oh, well, I I talked about it last night. I haven't watched it in a a week, so I Well, I know you talked about it before. Yeah, it was a really good game. Yeah. Did what we were supposed to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ready for my thoughts on that game. Uh, Might need to listen to the last podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I just wanted to get out there. Oh, yeah. We can move on to the UT Arlington game. Uh, And... uh, stuff if you want or whatever whatever you're ready to talk about. Yeah. If you got more on the Montana State, please. No, that's about it. I mean, it's a hard game to, like, really give a lot of insight to because we just went in there and just thrashed them. Yeah. You know? I mean, that was and a game just, I know we started off like 11-1 to 1 lead or 11 to nothing lead. And it was, you know, mm-hmm. never, never looked back against that one. Just took care of business that whole yeah. game. It just looked really – I felt like we looked like a uh, – Really well rounded team. Like we put everything together in that. Like we looked really good. You know, uh, okay. that was the biggest takeaway I had. Even the free throws looked pretty good in that game. <laughs> yeah, it did. Which is you know huge for us. Oh, absolutely! It's been getting better. And when we talk about UT Arlington, I mean that was one of the big, big winners in that game for sure. Yeah, I felt like free throws won that UT Arlington. Yeah. Yeah, we were 34 out of 46, 74, you know, percent. So, that's, 
Um, kind of a slow start, a real slow game, uh, really defensive game. 31-26 at halftime, and then Arkansas uh, kind of seemed pretty good in the middle of that, you know, 18-point win. That was mm-hmm. pretty good in the second half. It didn't leave any doubt there for a while. You know, as soon as the second half started, the Hogs got got rolling, got a big lead. But Gafford was, again, he had 21 points. Uh, mm-hmm. But he was 9 out of 10 free throws. So that's, that's the – Probably the biggest, the biggest positive of it. I mean, the game, the other guy shot well too, but nine out of ten for the big man who was shooting about 48, 50% before, you know, for most of the season. Oh yeah, he had, I had a couple of, uh, he had a couple of little baseline shots in there that were really nice, where he was kind of, you know what I mean? Kind of backed off away from the basket a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're definitely double teaming him. He only had one turnover. So, you know, he gets double teams, triple teams. Uh, he, you know, he had a lot of good moves in that game. Of course, a dunk or two, as always. Uh, five rebounds was solid. But another guy, like you said, against Montana State, who's been coming on, played the most minutes again this year. It was Reggie Chaney. had eight points and eight eight rebounds. I mean, he I led, really the, led the team in rebounds. Yeah, I was really excited to see him get in there and contribute. Had a nice block in that game as well. Um mm-hmm. Four out of seven on the field goal, so very efficient. Um, now, he's the guy that needs to really improve his uh, free throw shooting. He was 0 for 2 in that game. Um, so, if he starts to knock him down, he'll he'll finish this. I mean, he'll start averaging double figures and points. Man, he's he's, – he's, uh, I like Bailey as a power forward, but Jamie's going to earn more and more minutes. Uh, probably take a lot of minutes from Gabe Osaboyan. And, you know, UT Arlington came in with a strategy of we're going to foul, we're going to foul hard. And um, we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to try to keep um, uh, Gafford. I'm sorry. And anyway, they came to that show. We're going to have to try to keep Gafford at the free throw line so on and so forth. It kind of felt like, like that was their strategy coming in, which I don't blame them. That's a good strategy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Against a team that's having trouble. But that got us to fouling a lot because, you know, you get, you know, it gets annoyed when you got some little guy fouling you all the time, you know. So, you know, Gafford had to sit down that game, if I remember correctly, because uh, he got in a little foul trouble, and that's when their chain got to come in there. So it's nice that Chain's able to come in and take over that, um, you know, in that area. Yeah, where, yeah, where in, yeah. You know, where you're not like, you get in foul trouble with Gafford, and now you got, uh, you know, a three-foot-tall guy in there just, you know what I mean? Getting quiet oh, yeah. or something. Of course, that's not going to happen. But somebody that's not as equipped to come in and handle it, I like seeing that you can get Chang in there and he can um, hold his own against these other teams. And and uh, that, that's really helpful because now you don't have to worry if Gafford gets a few fouls down low. He can get more aggressive, um, and that, that that's good. Yeah, um I think Gafford came in there. He got that fourth foul. Uh, I think he went out. I think I saw, I saw him the play. Uh, I think it was about nine nine minutes and 26 seconds left in the game. And I don't think he checked back in. I don't remember him checking back in. So that shows, like, I mean, he still had 21 points in, you know, 23 minutes. But uh, it shows, like you're saying, Chaney's going to come in. Bailey um, played good down there, too, but uh, uh, kind of relief him. And another point to that, too, is – you know, Mason Jones, he only had two points that game. He's been, you know, he's been getting double figures every one. So it shows that when somebody, somebody's kind of cold, 
somebody else is stepping up. I mean, Jalen Hand, mm-hmm. guy that we both. I mean, this guy. Uh, he had 14 points. He was eight out of 11 on free throws. Uh, he had six assists, one turnover, and I think he's he's top 20 in the nation out of 300 something schools, 350 60 schools in turnover ratio. So he's averaging about five to one, five assists per turnover. So that's really good. That is. Um, and uh, and one of the leaders in the SEC as well, third I think in the SEC in assists. So he's a uh, and really showing that we can find somebody else. It's not always Gafford, but just imagine when things click. Just everybody clicks and we score, start scoring ninety and a hundred every game. Mm-hmm. And then um, again, uh, they will see uh, David Sills again come in. And I was just talking about him in that in that last game, and he get, he came in in this game, had a little bit of playing time, and was able to contribute defensively really well and hit a three pointer. So yeah. Um, no, we only uh, – he even plays really good defense. He's probably, I think, probably our shortest player. That does mm-hmm. maybe a walk on him. He just – I mean, he gives it all he's got. I mean, he gets – he always gets a steal. He's, he's another kind of back up to Harris on the point guard. So, he gets a couple assists. Um, mm-hmm. But it really – I mean, he sets the tone for the defense and the offense. And Jerry just uh, – and he's not shy about these freshmen. Man, do they have confidence just, to let it, let it rip. And he is really – He's just he's, an exciting kid to watch. Yeah. He feels like somebody that's going to grow into a great player. Oh, yeah. And and a guy that kind of uh, uh, probably because of his high, probably going to be here, you know, four year, all four years and mm-hmm. just, like, get better and better every year. Just uh, a lot of these guys are like that. I mean, we're going to be good for a while with these guys. It's really exciting how fast they've uh, been able to take on roles. And like we said earlier in, you know, other podcasts, and they're only going to get better. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I think we out-rebounded. It was nice to see us out-rebound Arlington by 10. It was a grounded-out game, and we out-rebounded on 46-36. That was big. Um, uh, turned them over 19 times, of course. Mm-hmm. So, uh, really defensive battle. I mean, we only shot 38 for the game, but really showed with those free throws. I mean, we can, yeah, we can play, only hit two out of 16 threes. 12% threes. We're not usually that bad of a shooting team, especially at home. So that's not a bad 20-point win and having no. to grind it out like that. I guess the and teams are always decent Arlington. Yeah, and we should have had a better game out of that game. That was, our, that was one of those games where we just did not have a good game. We came out, we came out felt slow out of the gate. It felt like it was hard for us to uh, get any momentum, get in a shooting rhythm. Uh, it, it was just very hard for us to get going. It just felt like we couldn't pull away, you know, and you're just watching it and you're just thinking, like, why haven't we pulled away with this? Like, we should have pulled away, but the other team just wasn't that, you know, they wasn't that good. You know, I hate yeah. to be like that, but no, they yeah. wasn't that yeah. good. And we were allowing them to stay in the game with how we were playing, but if we wouldn't have hit our free throws, we would have lost this game. So this is a very important game. For us to hit our free throws. Yeah, it's like that. The day after Thanksgiving, I had a little, uh, I know they had a big shindig at Mike Anderson's house. Um, so I don't know if they just got too full, just weren't, I don't know what happened. They just couldn't pull away until the, the second half. But hopefully that'll kind of fire them up. Hopefully they come out to the next games and really kind of show, show, show who's the better team, you know. Instead of just yeah. playing, kind of seem like they're messing around, like we're better. 
But, you know, haven't just put that foot on the pedal and just, you know, be one of the teams by 40 yet. I mean, never in doubt you're thinking we're going to lose, but but I, I agree. I think we haven't played our best game yet. No, no, not yet. Definitely not. Uh, like I said, the best game we had was was the uh, uh, what was Indiana. It? Uh, yeah, well, we played a good game Indiana. Montana State. Montana State, uh, yeah. That was the best game we played. Where where it felt like we put everything together, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. But do you feel like the Indiana? Do you, do you feel well, like just, Indiana game? Or like, well, just of course, a, it's a better team. You know, that's that's really all it comes down to. Um, but yeah, as far as what you're talking about, yeah, all all that aside. Uh, yeah, I think definitely Montana State was a real good idea from the get-go. Uh, it's not you know, like we could beat Indiana by more if we'd hit our yeah, free Yeah, throws. absolutely. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not like we could beat Texas by more if we'd hit our free throws. Yeah, we you know, yeah. So, you know, I, Man, I would like to have – wish we – if Texas got ranked this week, so it would have been nice. We might have been ranked this week if we were undefeated. Really, come back, you know, I said earlier, I think I'd like to take one or two of Indiana, Texas, but now you really – Want both of those, you know, we'd be undefeated right now. I mean, undefeated almost, or have a chance to go on the rest of uh, November and December. Or I guess all the rest of the games are in uh, December and November games, but yeah. Well, what about this? I and mean, this is just, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just curious as to what your take on this is. Of course, you know, we're playing FIU, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, FIU is a, a pretty decent basketball school. It's uh, Florida International. Uh, university and um, they've played a couple of schools that are pretty good in uh, Weber International who had a good team and I actually like them really well uh, they played uh, Youngstown and beat them and then uh, Gulf Coast Florida Gulf Coast University which has a good um, team every every year they got a good team mm-hmm. and, and they can hold their own you know, Florida State, Florida, whoever, whoever you put up against them, they can hold their own. And so FIU beat them by a single point, and now we're going to play FIU. Is there a chance that we start seeing, you know, are we going to start seeing ourselves get ranked? Are we going to start moving up in the rankings when we play these teams that have played some of these, you know, harder competition schools and we see you know, schools like Indiana and so on and so forth, do you think, or do you think they're looking at us like, oh, we're, they're young, they're not going to be able to? Well, I know we kind of got the votes in the I think we're kind of right on the, uh, right on the edge there. Um, we don't really have just a, you know, a big time, I mean, Georgia Tech's okay, Western Kentucky got a road game in Fort Collins because Colorado State before conference play starts, but I think it's going to get or we're going to have to win, you know, win all those games and even just win one that first game at Texas A&M another road game to get ranked, but we're really close. Uh, we got the votes in this, I think, and I had um, the NCAA, their, their official website, Andy Katz been doing college basketball uh, media for a while. They had this ranking. Mm-hmm. Top, top 30, you know, this thing, and he said uh, I was wrong about them before the season, so that was nice. Like okay, now you're kind of seeing, yeah. Okay, that's actually a team. You know, it's not just young ladies that aren't going to be a thing. This is a, this is a good team. It's not to see recognition starting to happen and giving me confidence that maybe I'm not over. That I'm not overconfident. We really aren't. Um, it's all a young team. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think you see that with like just listening to the announcers on on the on TV, like like you said, they're started off. You know, I think we were going to lose. 
so on and so forth. And they kind of come around to, wow, this is a good team, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're, they're like, you know, they're young, they're going to make mistakes, they're going to do this, they're going to do that, but they're a really good team. And that's, 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 that's important. I, I know we're going to play Colorado State before our next podcast. And Colorado State also plays uh, Florida Gulf Coast University. And Colorado State beat Florida Gulf Coast University at 274, who had, you know, beat those other teams. And uh, so we have an opportunity to beat those two teams. I mean, to me, Colorado State really hadn't played anybody else besides Florida Gulf Coast University uh, when I look at, you know, their schedule, who they yeah. played. So will that help us move up in the rankings, you think? Or do you, you think that really we're going to have to get past like Western Kentucky, Georgia Tech, like get in the SEC play before we'll get maybe beat Florida before I, we can rank. I think we'll still I don't know, I think we'll hang around there and if other teams that are ranked kinda of ahead of us lose and maybe we do move up. Um mm-hmm. FIU FIU's a decent team. Um they've they've played a couple D two on their win but they're seven and one. They're a couple couple stats kinda of, they're number two in the nation in scoring. Uh, they they average ninety nine points a game. Oh yeah, um, man! And their offense are crazy, on that. and we're you know we're uh, and then um, they scored hundred, I think, a couple different times. Obviously, oh, yeah. we get obviously the average nine on points a game you got to, but and they're number mm-hmm. one in the nation in uh, turnovers forced with twenty three. We're number eight, eight with nineteen point eight. We play separate competition, but man, that's still. I mean, it's going to be an up and down game. They're they're trying to do what we want to do. Mm-hmm. Well, that's going to be fun to, like, be able to play a team with a similar style, but it's also mm-hmm. be fun to test our defense if we can shut down that high-scoring offense of theirs. Yeah. And then, and then be able to, uh, you know, keep control of the ball. But turnovers is what scares me. When you talk about that, goodness, I see Arkansas players just like looking like butterfingers sometimes, kicking their own balls out of the, you know, mm-hmm. uh, passing the ball to the other team like they're meant to. You know what I mean? I know they didn't, but you see these things. And we've seen them in, at the beginning of this year already. It's like when we played Texas and we threw a pass just right to them. It's like, you know, it scares me when we're going in and playing a team that is a, is a team that gets a lot of turnovers. Yeah, it kind of sees how we match up as like is our uh, kind of our fast pace that type of offensive defense work against a lot of teams that don't don't play that. You know what I mean? How's it going to be against a team that kind of practices that every day and plays that? Or is it going to help to our advantage where where maybe it's going to be how we might give up a lot of points, but they're going to give up a bunch a uh, bunch too. But we have turned it over like a lot of young a lot of young mistakes, and uh, we turned it over. 16 times against Arlington. I mean, well, I mean, I expected that. I mean, something like that, you would think that to have about that much at least against FIU, so. But they may turn it over as well because we force a lot, but I'm missing It's kind of an interesting game. There's, I mean, 7-1, and one, so no matter who they beat, I mean, that's still that's not bad. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, are, do they have like any players that are you know, uh, we need to be watching out for. Like, what's the um, – their best player is Brian Beard, Jr., point guard. He's 5'10", 180 a senior. Um, he averages 22 points a game for them. Uh, so, he's their, 
Uh, he's got 57 assists on the year and about 20 turnovers. So he usually, I mean, he's had games with 10 assists, 9 assists, a bunch with 7. So he's, he can score and distribute the ball. And I think that's probably what's helped him score so many points. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just looking for the, I mean, senior, so he's, he's been, you know, he's played a lot of basketball uh, for FIU. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy I really, you know, look for FIU to start start uh, their offense. That's it. Okay. Okay. Um, what do you think about the, the Devon uh, Andrews? Uh, he's, he's kind of a shooter, isn't he? He's a, yeah. Um, he well, he's a behind three-pointers on the year. He does have average 66% that field goal, so he's really efficient. Um, uh, try to find out, you know, Six rebounds. I know he had a good game whenever he played, uh, when he played, uh, uh, Florida Gold Wait. Coast. And yeah, I really ever had that one on TV, so. <clears throat> oh, sorry, I had to hit the sneeze button. Uh, yeah, he averaged 18 points a game. He had eight, uh, yeah, 15 against, uh, Gulf Coast, six out of 11, had eight, eight rebounds. Mm-hmm. Um, he's probably, Probably about their second uh, best player. He's uh, six six small forward. Uh, they also got in their starting six another six six senior, Willie Nunez Jr. So this team's loaded with juniors and seniors. He averages about eleven eleven point eight points a game, uh, three rebounds. Um, they also got uh, uh, Keon Jacob, six uh, five guard. Um, he's a junior. He averages about eleven points a game. Um, Three and a half rebounds, uh, still one and a half steals. So he's one of their defensive leaders. And their fifth starter is their six eleven senior big guy from uh, Senegal, two forty five. Uh, Hot El Hot Hajai Dang. Um, so I mean they've got they've got all juniors and seniors in their starting lineup. Uh, they've got a bunch of they've got the beard. The best player, he's 5'10", but the rest of those guys are about 6'5 or taller. And then you got Dang to match up with um, um, Gafford at 6'11". Um, he's yeah. kind of raw still. Um, doesn't average, you know, only average about 2.4 points a game, two rebounds. But he's going to, yeah, they're going to put him in there trying to shut down Gafford. Absolutely. Um, now, the one thing that, you know, I have noticed, or I did notice when I was when I was. Uh, watching the game was they have no depth. They don't really put any. They don't really rotate at all. Hardly. Um, it's like the same guys stay out there. Yeah. Um, no, it is. That should hurt them playing a fast game against a team like that. That's plenty of depth, you know. Yeah, they probably seem to take advantage for teams that you know uh, under and not as talented as them. Uh, but their mm-hmm. minute, their guys do play a lot of minutes. Um, uh, but mainly keep those kind of starters in, especially those Aunt Devon Andrews and Beard, the main guys. They're going to be playing most of the game. Um, the guys kind of the second-hand guys, they'll rotate a little bit. But, yeah, I think we may be able to – they may be they may can keep pace with us uh, since they know how to play that style of game. But look at the end for us to kind of – I would think us to pull away. Kind of tie yeah. them out, as long as our best shows up. Now, our bench has been getting better every game. Um, this is the game we're going to need. Because our stars are going to be pushed to the limit. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm excited. Um, 
Yeah, it should well, be. I mean, it's kind of kind of a cool matchup. I mean, it's kind of a team from down your way from or a little south of you, but in Miami. So that's kind of I don't know if we ever played them or so that'd be that'd be cool. I always like playing new new teams. Yeah. They're yeah, Conference USA, so it's not like they're not as not in like one of the. I mean, they play you know Division One football, so it's not. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a name. Yeah, it's not a bad school down there. You know, uh-huh. uh, it's a beautiful campus. Uh, they don't have like alligators running around. It's not, you wouldn't get your leg torn off or anything. <laughs> campus, so. Really nice campus. It's kind of like the Fort Lauderdale area down here. So, okay. you know, a lot of rich folks and stuff like that. And a lot of the locals down there, like sitting there, you know, they're rich kids over to that school and stuff. So it's kind of one of those, one of those types of schools where you got a lot of, you okay. know, a lot of money. Yeah, sure. And the probably also, you know, they're more about, well, not as good of an athletics program as Miami, probably a little step of them, but they probably have have a good time themselves down there where they're not that worried about it. Yeah. So should we do uh should we do some uh predictions? Predictions on that? Yeah, sure. Or do you want to do Colorado State next and then we can do predictions, do predictions uh, at the same time. I don't know, I don't know how we want. Uh well, kind of football we usually just yeah kind of uh I say we did I say we did since we just talked about FIU let's let's go ahead and predict that score kind of while we're in the zone for them okay know. okay uh, and I'm gonna go 104 to 84 Arkansas wow <laughs> yeah awesome I was thinking 82 to 93 Arkansas okay. I figured we can wear them down a little bit, but they're still going to shoot good, do well. We'll just shoot a little bit. Yeah, you don't average. No matter who you're playing, you don't average 99 points a game. You know, without being able to put the ball in the hole, you know. I think Joe's going to come out hot, too, because he didn't have his best game his last game. So I feel like, you know, he's probably going to come out and have something to prove. Oh, yeah, I agree. I'd like, especially in that transition, you know, he likes that. Uh, fast game where you know they're taking it down the court fast and he shoots fast you know mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. but especially Joe how good would it be to see him getting rid of um, put up put up about 30 points he's capable of doing it you know doing it gets enough shots I think he could score 30 and he's kind of had a couple cold games in a row but he's the only three pointers in that game against UT Arlington so I think he's getting a little bit back on track it's a good player to watch out for you yeah, absolutely. So, um, I guess we're going to go into uh, Colorado State now. All right. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't seen any Colorado State games uh, this year. Um, no, I haven't been able to. I've been looking, but kind of been on the, the ESPN apps that I've seen. Um, and sometimes they're all they. I played Arkansas Pine Bluff, so I was hoping to like I saw the Arkansas Pine Bluff one. No, I didn't. They did play Florida Gulf Coast and beat them, but. Well, of course, I didn't see that either. Well, the thing is, I'm actually going to be able to watch them this Saturday. They play at Colorado, and it's on the Pac-12 network, so that's on that's on TV. But it's Saturday, so I won't be able to have a you know. But all these games, you know, they played. They started. They beat Colorado Christian. You know, that game definitely wasn't going to be on TV. Then they beat. They've got their own Mountain West network, but we don't get it here in Arkansas. And then they beat Arkansas Bluff. Mont. They beat Montana State, eighty-one to seventy-seven. At home, kind of comparing scores. Um, mm-hmm. 
then they beat Louisiana Lafayette. No, they lost to Louisiana Lafayette down there or in a uh, neutral tournament. Beat Raiders, Florida Gulf. Got them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Florida Gulf Coast had beat them and then lost to South, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits down there in that same tournament and then just recently lost to Southern Illinois at home, 82-67, where I've seen a quick article that they uh, got just um, dominated inside. Um, I think well, I'm trying to find the rebounds here, but um, well, might be right. That can't so. be right. No? What? Oh, what did you say? Oh, I was just thinking you might be able to catch the upcoming Colorado State uh, Colorado game uh, tomorrow, or I'm sorry, not tomorrow, Saturday. Um, yeah. I bet that's on ESPN3 because that's going to be like a rivalry type. Yeah, it's on the, uh, I know it's on the Pac-12 network, so I'll definitely be watching it. I know I got it on the on the TV, so I'm definitely excited to watch that one um, and kind of see what we're in for. It is at Colorado, only a short trip down from Fort Collins to Boulder, but that'll be a good everybody who wants to, you know, the football games are iffy uh, Saturday, so if anybody wants to kind of preview that before our game, that'd be, that'd be a good one to watch. And check out our Twitter, and maybe we can throw some info up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. Um, they're only, you know, they're scoring about 80 points a game. Uh, mm-hmm. so that's pretty solid, but not as good as we just saw a team averaging 99. Um, they shoot about 36% threes, not bad. 71% free throws. Rebounding, they, well, they, they beat their teams 35 to 23 on average of rebounds. Um, Turn the ball over about 11 a game. Same with their defense. Um, but doesn't look like too scary of a team. I'm trying to think. I see they're kind of some of the starters in this last last game. Uh, but I know they got – I read, read kind of part of an article. They just got rebounded and messed mm-hmm. up inside. So look for Gaffer to have a big game against uh, the Rams. Okay. And uh, yeah. this is a it's – a, it's an away game in Colorado. It starts at – uh, 9 p.m. Central, so 10, 10 o'clock at 9 on Wednesday on the East Coast. We'll be a late one Wednesday night. Oh, yeah. But that'll be fun. I kind of look forward to that. <laughs> first, road, first true road game of the year. That's always, always uh, an adventure, so you never know. Like somebody can jump up and bite us in the butt, but, but I, I just, I think <laughs> still is good. It's still good and all, but you know, the ratings, they kind of changed up the RPI this year to some other ranking, but you know, I know the away games are away, you know, more a win on a away game is more heavily weighed, so, so it would be a good win. Yeah, it would be. So, um, who's their, like, who's their big, uh, the big, the big player? Is it the Anthony Bonner guy? Is he the, the leading scorer? Yeah, let's see. Anthony, Massington Bonner, he averaged about 15 and a half a game. Um, hit 17 threes on. He's got the most threes for him. Hit 44% of them, um, 80% free throws, uh, 15 assists. So he's their main guy. Um, he plays 32 minutes a game. They've got some guys averaging. Uh, they're starters. I mean, they're averaging a couple of them, three of them, or four of them are averaging about 30 points a game. So only guys are probably starters, kind of like we were talking with the FIU. So this is a team that we can wear. Wear out, um, just wear them out. Yeah, yeah, it's, and they might stay competitive at home. I saw they were doing a whiteout. You know, Arkansas come to town. 
just like in football. They're going to be really excited for us. Um, so, uh, JD Page, second guy, 14.8, uh, points game, four and a half rebounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Martin, you know, uh, 13 points. Kendall Moore, 12 points. Um, their, their main, their guy inside, Nico Caravaccio, he's got, uh, 10 rebounds and 11 points. So he's, a, he's been averaging a double-double on the season. Leads the team in foul, so three blocks. So he's the guy matching up with Gafford down low. Uh, he's 54% free throw, so he'd be a good guy to foul. 6'11", 240. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it looks like this Adam Thistle would come off the bench every once in a while. He's all playing time, too, right? Yeah, he does. Uh, he's 6'6", six, six forward, um, uh, freshman. So he's... he's Nine, nine and a half points, four rebounds, a solid contributor. Uh, Lorenzo Jenkins, um, he played for us his freshman year. At oh, Arkansas. Wow. His nickname is Juby Jenkins. Um, he was kind of a late, <laughs> late signing, like last minute signing before, like in the summer, you know, not very highly regarded. Didn't get a whole lot of playing time, but so smart for him to uh, transfer to Colorado State. I know that's the team we beat last year at home. I, I was able to go to that game. Um, beat them pretty good. Uh, look for them. I don't know if they were at home, but they were wearing some short shorts that night. So, uh, but they had a different coach, kind of a more old school coach. This guy's in his first year there, but um, definitely, I mean, you know, a team we should beat even on the road, but um, should be there. They, you know, they're going to give us all they got for sure. Absolutely, that's interesting that uh, the Jenkins kid is, uh, you know, has Arkansas ties and stuff. But probably interesting when you go and play another team. There's that, you know, backstory mm-hmm. in there, and um, so that's that that's fun uh, to yeah. watch. What's his? What is? What was his? Like, is he doing well there? Is he is he pulling it up? Was it a good move for him, or is he still struggling? Yeah. No, I mean, well, this year he's definitely gotten. You know, he's about the sixth, seventh man. Um, that come actually it does I guess he does start seven starts on the year. Um Okay. I apologize. I was looking at the just the the fleet instead of the the points per game as a stat. You don't get to see any of the games. Right? Yeah, I know I'll be able to that's football it's easy because every every game's on T V so some of these games kinda of get lost in the shuffle. Um but yeah. Jenkins he starts he he said I think his big thing is he's hit sixteen threes on the year, forty three percent. Um so he's a guy that's gonna try to uh, kill if, if he gets home with threes. Um, Ten points gained, three point seven rebounds. Um, got five steals. So. Yeah. He's got four leads. Looks like he leads the team in blocks, and he's just you know six seven guard forward. So, oh, wow. but he's gonna be looking to he's gonna be looking especially this year uh, to be showing us what, what we're missing. But I I don't expect him to do great. But it's always you never know about the guy trying to prove something. Well, you know, you know, any time that you're going up against your former team and you're trying to show out and stuff, you know, you're going to either flop or you're going to do a little bit better than you normally would. Yeah, last year he flopped, but this is now he's going to be at his home arena, so he'll probably have a better game than last year. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you want to you wanna do a prediction on this one? Or? Yeah, uh, let's see. You go first. All right, so on this one, I'm going to go ahead and say Colorado State 56, Arkansas 92. Oh, wow. I like it. Um, I, think, I think we're going to come off this, this FIU game and be excited and pumped. 
just go over there and, and tear them up. Probably going to get there a couple days early so the altitude don't bother us. Oh, yeah. We don't have a situation like that. And we oh, just, that'd be smart. Just leave, leave Sunday morning. Let them get some sleep after that long back-and-forth game against FIU and then leave that leave about noon on Sunday. The ball's, the ball's going to be just a little bit lighter for Isaiah Joe. He's just going to oh, yeah. rock it up. I, I'm going to predict 85-63. I'm with you. I think the Hogs come out and play really good. Just um, shut that crowd up early. Hopefully, I guess I, I don't. I don't think he ever agreed, but uh, uh, my guy in Colorado. I was hoping we'd get a live report from there, but not sure if it's going to happen. Yeah, hope, hope, well, hope he's going. I hope he's going to the game at least. If he's going to the game, maybe we can get a, like an after-game report or pre-game report or something like that. Just get a, like a get a feel for what the atmosphere is like in Colorado. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he'd be excited to do that. I know Rich got soon, but I don't think he was able to to make it tonight, so. No, that's true. He might, actually, yeah, I know he wasn't going to be able to come on this week, but maybe he will from the game. I wish I could go, but being a weekday, another long trip wouldn't happen, but I'd like to go to four road games and give us reports and stuff. Yeah, me too. That should be that should be fun for anybody. Hawks, there's a lot of Hawks fans living out there, so I bet there'll be some in attendance. So, what has my bookie got to say about uh, about all this? Well, let me know. Did they yeah. did they rank any of these teams? Are they going to have anything up? Or well, it's kind of hard whenever the games are so far ahead, isn't it? Yeah, in basketball, you know, football, they come out that line as soon as that the other games mm-hmm. are over. But uh, basketball, it's a little. A little harder. Um, let me kind of look. Um, let's see. But, yeah, because you got to – there's so many. 300-something schools in uh, – 300-something schools in college basketball. So, I did well, if you're betting on basketball, make sure you use promo code hog call. You use my bookie. They're going to go ahead and they're going to give you uh, double whatever you put in your account. So if you put 50 bucks in your account, you're going to have 100. They'll do that up to 1,000. So if you put $1,000 in your account, they'll give you that 1,000. Whatever you put in, they're going to match it. If you use promo code hog call, that way you just have extra money to spend on your basketball gambling. And everybody knows basketball gambling is the best kind of gambling. Oh, man. man those things, those are, those are good. And those points can change quickly. You might have a favorite and stuff, and damn free throws start happening. You're group for all kinds of situations that happen to save it, so you don't have to lose a thumb. Or I'm kidding about that. My bookie's not going to come after yeah, you. Well, you, you, you prepaid stuff. All you can do is <laughs> win, man. You got nothing to lose. Or watch and hope you win. Well, you know you're going to get a fast payout. So that's that's use promo code hog call. I would, I would be interested in my bookie's uh, over under. Their, their point prediction for the FIU Arkansas game. That'd be interesting to find out. Uh, you know, Friday board, Saturday morning of the game. Well, maybe we can pull it up on Twitter. Yeah. Bit, you know, yeah. That way everybody can do it. Uh-huh. We put the hog coughing up there and stuff. So. And they do that along with the Colorado State notes from that game. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Well, hockey's on a dang. Uh, they're on a dang bye week here. Well, they call it a holiday break. Never yeah. Never heard of such a thing. So, hockey's on a holiday break. Uh, I think we might have Matt come back on and give us a rundown on uh, 
the uh, the, the hockey team and, and how he thinks they're going to fare against uh, Ole Miss. Did he agree to that? Or? I, I think so. Surely he's going to go down to that Lura game. Um, you know, he's our main yeah. hockey correspondent. They're playing in his backyard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, 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 that's going to happen for the, I guess it's, D3 team, that, the better, you know, the better record teams will be playing. That's one of the first, I mean, they played, their last game was a win over, at least they ended before the holiday break, a 4-3 win over wisconsin Platteville in that specific region showcase. Um, and they don't play for two months until January 18th against Ole Miss, two in Springdale, and then then a week later they play Ole Miss again in Little Rock. And again, I'm really excited, that's so cool, they play at 9 p.m. that Little Rock, must, I think probably a Friday night game. That's that's got to be fun. Oh, absolutely. If you're down in Little Rock, you got to be excited about that. So, you know, be on the lookout for the Little Rock game. Go to it, support your hogs, support the hockey team, guys. We want to get it on campus. The only way we're going to get it on campus is you guys go to the games. When they come to Little Rock, we need y'all to pack the house. Make it like the War Memorial, you know. Have some drinks. Have some fun at the bars. Nine o'clock tonight, drive on over there. You know, I'm not saying drink and drive. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, you know, no, over there, have a good time, you know? Yeah, I'm wondering. I want to find out where the damn... Um, Remember, you can hang on the liquor and beer. You can hang on the glass and stuff. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I, where where the heck do they play in Little Rock? I need to find out so we can kind of pass that along. Um, yeah, absolutely. As soon as we find out, we're definitely going to pass it along. <laughs> All right. I think it was, I think it was Barnett, but I mean, who knows? Maybe they moved it to the Verizon. Oh, that'd be cool. That'd be if it is the Verizon right there by the river, across the river. You know, just mm-hmm. man. Well, I know they used to have the. Yeah, I know they used to have the uh, the, the semi-pro hockey team. Yeah, uh, I, at Barnhill down there. So I went. Or not Barnhill, but in Verizon. Altail and it was Altail or whatever it was. Yeah, I went. I, I, yeah. I watched the I watched the hockey, uh, the the River Blades or the, yeah, the River Blades. Like, yeah. yeah, that was fun. Huh? Yeah, well, the one in the State Fairgrounds. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, um, not, what's the name? I can't remember. I said it on a podcast a while back, and now I forgot. Well, over the over the State Fairgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I guess the podcast is evolving into us just chattering on about things. Wow, I don't even know. Huh. Crazy. I'm I'm gonna reach out to the what I'm thinking about to the Razorback hockey team on Twitter and uh, see if we can find out where the Little Rock game's gonna be coming out. That's awesome. Do we have anything else? Anything baseball? Anything else coming up? Anything oh. I don't, I'm not going to go too deep because I haven't researched it, but um, uh, let's go over a little bit. Razorback baseball officer pitching coach uh, Wes Johnson uh, to the major leagues to the Twin Doors. So he's going to be the major league pitcher. So that's a, that's oh, a wow. step up. Um, and they just hired the pitching coach over from White Course, Matt Hobbs. Um, oh, I think I've heard of him. So he's um, supposed to be good. I mean, you know, Van Horn was going to get a really – who's not wanting to go wanting to go to Arkansas, you know, one of the top, uh-huh. programs, top programs in baseball. 
under and that keeps keeps putting out like assistants, hitting coaches and pitching coaches as head coaches and putting them in the major leagues as well. So um so that's so good luck to Hobbs. Uh, it's gonna be exciting. I'm, yeah, that's exciting. I'm glad you know, I'm glad we're getting a, a good coach to come in and place a a good coach. And I'm also glad to see a coach going up to the majors. You know, that that's awesome. Yeah. That uh he's getting that that experience, he's getting that opportunity. And uh, you know, hats off to you. you can't you can't be hateful for a coach to go to a better job like that. And especially because they've done so well um at the University of Arkansas. They just mean got a great head coach. Yeah, I mean that's not like he left to go with a pitching coach at Mississippi State or or Oklahoma or somewhere. I mean, he's going to. I mean, that's that's the top. I mean, that's the big leagues. That's, that's the top of the top, you know. I mean, he didn't he didn't have to start in the minor leagues. He went directly from Razorback baseball in Fayetteville to, to the, uh, the Twins, Minnesota Twins organization. So good luck to him, and uh, he was really good. Our 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 uh, seems like we had more strikeouts. Under him, um, we took kind of the power and things um, seriously, and of course, was that runner-up last year. So we'll miss him, but uh, surely the Hobbs will take over and keep it rolling. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's uh, that's something to think about. All right, so we got to do something that is uh, non-sports related, and uh, you know, there's plenty of serious stuff out there going on and stuff. Uh, that people can, uh, you know, jump all over if you're interested in doing that. Um, but I'm going to keep it light this time around, and right. uh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to do something we're going to do something a little different here. Okay, so there's a story about this old boy that put some peanut butter, and he put it all over his, his uh, penis, and uh, let this dog go over and lick it off or whatever. And the dog hates a pit bull oh, no. down on an eight. And then come to find out, so everybody on Reddit's like, oh, this guy's crazy, can't believe he did that, let that dog do that. Come to find out, he was at a party with his friend and passed out drunk, and his friend thought it would be funny because oh, he no. butter on there and let the dog wake him up. <laughs> oh, oh man! Pitbull, completely all, completely all, and you know it's got peanut butter all over it. Stuff Pitbull <laughs> probably ate it. Oh know? yeah! I yeah, mean, it, God, it was like, great. There wasn't point. some little, little, uh, little poodle or terrier, man. That's like a damn. That's a pit bull going after it. He's, yeah, he's got that instinct. Just and even if it has like a little poodle in it, just bit. Yeah, yeah probably that was for peanut butter. butter. Dogs love peanut butter. I mean, that, is, that is one of their favorite treats, man. And then to be, that is, that is those friends, man. I mean, how could they ever forgive themselves? How could that guy ever forgive it? That is, that is beyond, that is beyond putting, putting some uh, drunk, uh, passed out guys, uh, hands in water, making them pee or doing all kinds of things, you know. Good Lord, that is way too far. That is horrible. It's horrible. It really is. So, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about something funny. That's, that's terrible. Well, it was kind of a lot of fun. Look, <laughs> friends don't rub peanut butter on their friends' junk and let dogs lick it off. Period. Don't do that. Quit pranking your friends, you know. Don't don't mess with your friends like that. Sharpie to the face or something, you know, that's cool. 
Yeah. You know, only if they forget to take their shoes off, too. That's yeah. the rule. You gotta, if you forget to take your shoes off, fair game with a Sharpie, something like that, you know, a little hot water on the hand. Something like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, he might have fun. He might have had a long day and just been drinking was too much. What if, if that guy had better had his better had shoes on? Because, oh, yeah. Got yeah. Yeah, when you're drinking out there, if somebody comes up with an idea about that, just, like, take a second to wait on possibility, you know, before you go out with the prank. I know you're hammered, but come on. Let's be serious, right? You can, like, think still. I mean, if you can't, stop drinking. You know? Oh, wow. That is, that is tense. You know, I mean, never drink too much around people. Yeah. Well, Good you know, Lord. You got you to be able to control yourself. Kind of a PSA, yeah, for sure. You don't... That's way too far. Those brands are... I mean, for them to think that, I've never been... Never been inebriated in any form or fashion where I've just thought that would be that'd be funny. I don't remember in college being like, "Hey, I'm gonna put peanut butter on." <laughs> Golly, Golly, man. No, at all. I mean, I think the first we went, <laughs> bit it off. <laughs> God, bit it off, man. And you know, they had to be like, "Oh crap, that wasn't the outcome we were," you know. Oh, probably, it happened fast, I'm sure. Probably were there. Oh, man. Oh, <laughs> Scrambling. Oh, to... look at this. Oh, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I never liked that little Tommy. I'm with that pit bull. Just like that mother. <laughs> was, uh, excuse me. That, that kid would never petted me, never gave me any attention. I'm like, oh, or just like dog something look something covered in peanut butter. Wow, look at this. Like a treat for me. Fire here, Frank. Oh. Oh, so anyway, well, yeah, to end it, I just got to say, we'll pick soon. Go Hogs, beat Florida International and Colorado State. Back to the Hog Call Podcast.